Medtronic Technologies impacted more than 72 million people in the last year, equating to two people every second. Harnessing the power of technology to take healthcare further, each technology has unique benefits designed to serve patients. The goal of this program is to get closer to the patient and to delve into the challenges and impact each technology has in practice. This is the Medtronic MedEd Learning Experience. The BIS monitoring system should not be used as the sole basis for diagnosis or therapy and is intended only as an adjunct in patient assessment. Reliance on BIS system alone for intraoperative anesthetic management is not recommended. Medtronic's medical education programs are offered to provide attendees education on the FDA-cleared indications and use of our products when applicable. The contents and conclusions of the following program are solely those of the speakers unless otherwise cited. The speakers are responsible for all content and any necessary permissions. The speakers received funding from Covidian LP, a Medtronic company, for the speaking engagement. For this segment of the series, a discussion on anesthesia and the brain, a conversation about the value of using biz monitoring during the surgical procedure with Dr. T.J. Gann, Professor of Anesthesiology and Distinguished Endowed Chair at Stony Brook University, and Dr. Stephen Bader, Chief of Cardiothoracic Anesthesiology at Heritage Valley Health System in Beaver, PA. So the value that I see this monitor is that it will help me to um, better administer an anesthetic. And uh, the utility starts from at the induction of anesthesia um, all the way to patient recovery in the PACU. For example, you know, when we induce uh, a patient, we want to know how deep after injecting the propofol. And in a case of difficult intubation, for example, um, sometimes uh, you know, time passed by and the propofol is wearing off. And we really want to know that when you come to intubate a patient, the patient is adequately anesthetized. Uh, and likewise, at the end of the case where patient surgery is, is finishing and we are starting to lighten anesthesia, and we want to uh, know exactly where the patient is uh, in terms of the depth of uh, sedation so that we can appropriately reduce our anesthetic, whether it's intravenous or inhalational. And in fact, the uh, highest frequency of awareness intraoperatively is often during intubation and during uh, emergence of anesthesia. And uh, in addition to that, I think there are other um, data have shown that uh, using this can reduce uh, the time to uh, wake up uh, we have done that studies many years ago, as well as shorten PACU stay. And uh, more recent studies suggest that using this can also reduce the incidence of post-operative nausea and vomiting. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, the value does extend far beyond just the maintenance monitor. You know, I, I think a lot of us out in a clinical busy, you know, community practice um, really, I see my anesthetists, you know, taking the most value from it during the procedure in the middle and the, you know, the maintenance phase, uh, being able to use less anesthesia than you expected based on the other parameters we usually use to assess the patient. You can actually lighten them up with a lot more confidence during maintenance if you have the BIS. But I, I do encourage, uh, you know, my colleagues uh, to use it during induction as well, because people surprise us all the time, as you alluded to. You know, um, we take longer during induction, you know, to get things done uh, and sort of start to neglect the fact that the patient could be experiencing awareness as we're 10 minutes after our first dose of propofol and still haven't quite secured the airway or, 
uh, secured all of our lines. So there is a tremendous value at induction as well. Uh, and that prolonged period of time, you know, at, at emergence, definitely uh, the patient surprises us sometimes by tolerating really small doses of anesthesia and having adequate depth of anesthesia, uh, despite us having, you know, what we think of as not very much drug on board. Towards the end of the procedure, the surgeons surprise us sometimes by taking a lot longer to get the wound closed and get the dressings on. So we've been lightening and lightening the patient uh, and having the BIS gives you confidence, you know, during that half an hour closure that you thought was going to take 10 minutes to, to sort of skid along with the bare minimum amount and, you know, really have that smooth emergence without the risk of awareness. So yeah, I agree with you completely that, you know, despite a lot of us thinking of it as just really having a lot of value during maintenance. You know, there's a ton of value at the beginning and the end of the case. So we have to try to encourage people to use it that way. I think convincing people to put it on before induction sometimes is a challenge. You know, you're busy, you have a million things to get done. You're trying to slap all the monitors on and get the patient to sleep as quickly as possible in a lot of busy practices. Taking that extra minute to put the monitor on is to the patient's advantage. I was thinking that, uh, you know, for me, trying to relate to other guys in community practices where you're supervising for anesthetists most of the time, sometimes they have students with them, you know, so there is an element of teaching. Uh, but I think when you're running around four rooms uh, and you have anesthetists of varying level of experience and, you know, different practice styles of their own that you're trying to work as a team and, um, you know, let them do things their own way. But when I am called into the room or when I am making my periodic check on the patient, having that additional information of the BIS monitor really helps me when I only get this snapshot view um, of, you know, four very different things going on in different rooms, you know, having that additional piece of information in supervising and working as a team, I think really helps everybody. You know, the person in the room gets to watch this long trend and they kind of have a different, you know, uh, perception of what's going on as opposed to somebody who comes in episodically and only has a brief snapshot of what's going on in the case. So I think having more information, uh, particularly, you know, during complicated cases where there's a lot going on, having the BIS there really gives me confidence, um, you know, to encourage my anesthetist to maybe lighten up the patient or, you know, sometimes we get a little complacent. We're so used to doing things a certain way and the patient again can surprise you. You know, you realize, wow, we have this guy really light. Maybe we, you know, need to uh, either add an adjunctive, you know, medication or, uh, you know, just deepen up using the technique we're currently using. So I do think it has a tremendous value for me, you know, trying to supervise a relatively chaotic practice. Having more information is certainly helpful. So another clinical utility of this is to help a practitioner to manage hemodynamic response. Um, give you an example. If you have a patient during the surgery who uh, demonstrates or has an episode of hypotension, uh, blood pressure drops to uh, 70 uh, systolic, and so you go through your mind some of the differential diagnosis of why should this patient have hypotension, right? So you want to immediately uh, correct the hypotension because we know that prolonged hypotension has been associated with a poor outcome. Um, but beyond that, you know, one also, you know, typically reduce the amount of anesthetic, whether it's inhalational or intravenous to trying to reduce the depth of anesthesia. However, 
um, without a um, monitoring of a um, uh, process EEG, one really was left with no idea how deep or how light this patient is. So in this scenario of hypotension, maybe that reducing the anesthetic is not the right thing to do if a patient is just borderline being adequately anesthetized. So base will tell me that. If the base is low, let's say below 40, then yes, that is the right thing to do to reduce your anesthetic sedative. However, if base is sitting around 65, that may not be the right um, thing to do. And the better thing to do is to treat the hypotension either with, otherwise with fluid or with a um, you know, vasoconstrictor, or in other words, to increase cardiac output and increase blood pressure. So that helps me to decide what is the appropriate management strategies uh, with the use of a bispectral index or process EEG. And likewise, the same with hypertension. Uh, the natural tendency is that, you know, in short of uh, um, correcting the hypertension, maybe the patient is too light that you need to deepen anesthesia. And again, with a process EEG, it will tell us whether it's the base 40 or it's the base 60. And that will help me to better um, treat the patient in those scenarios. Yeah, I think that that adds to the um, sort of situational awareness aspect of you know anticipating why is this hypotension happening right now. So a classic example is you know in a residency program or a place like I have where we have student nurse anesthetists or somebody who's just graduated anesthesia school is now out practicing on their own and they have post-induction hypotension which presumably is, you know, due to the balance of stimulation and, and uh, analgesic and anesthetic agent that we've given, you know, immediately post-induction, you've got everything uh, sort of getting ready, you're prepping and draping, and there's really no stimulation to the patient. So, you know, it's very common that we'll very lightly anesthetize the patient for that period of time, just based on the situation. You're anticipating the surgeon is not going to come into the room for another 10 minutes to stimulate the patient, so you lighten them and lighten them. And I think new people... Uh, can fall into the trap of either letting them get way too light and now the guy comes in to stimulate the patient with surgical incision and you find yourself with a moving patient or a risk of awareness or hypertension. Whereas if you have abyss, you can really keep them in the prime range with, without uh, running that risk of letting them lighten up too much right before incision. The other thing you can do is avoid, you know, the, the nervous new anesthetist, whether it's a doc or a nurse, um, you know, it's very common to overdo it you know, so worried that the patient is going to move uh, or be under anesthetized appropriately, you know, that's an, a common anxiety in less experienced uh, providers and having the BIS gives them the confidence to lighten the patient up, you know, and to not necessarily overdo it in anticipation of surgical stimulation. So, yeah, I think it's invaluable in the assessment of hypotension. You know, you really don't know how asleep the patient is. We infer it based on all of our experience, physical signs, and having the process DEG gives us a lot of confirmation of what we assume many times and can assume wrong. Please tune in next week for a new segment from this series wherever you find your podcast. This is the Medtronic MedEd Learning Experience. Thank you for listening.